Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bags, the podcast for below average golfers by two below average golfers. My name is Owen Smith, as always, joined by Caleb Wallen. Caleb, as we were interviewing for episode number 15, I believe, which is releasing on Thursday, and my numbers might be off. It might be episode 16. Who knows? But either way, while that was going on, we had, what, two, three playoff holes going on in the FedEx St. Jude? Woo! Dude, that was crazy. I <laughs> I was trying to stay focused, but there was just some wild things going on. And, um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, great interview, by the way. Can't wait for the, the listeners to hear it, um, you know, on Thursday. Um, but, yeah, the this was – a more bizarre playoff experience, I think, um, than what we're kind of used to, I guess. For sure. If that makes any sense. For sure was. And it, it was tough because, again, we're, we were in a really good conversation uh, with Scott Hogan, which will be released on Thursday. And, uh, you know, it's just we literally – it goes to playoff. Uh, Sepp Straka hits the playoff or hits the putt to send it to a playoff as we are jumping on the meeting to record this podcast. And then we're like, okay, so there's going to be one playoff hole. And the next thing you know, like the interview is going on and we, we still, I still have Willie Z and, and, uh, and Sepp Straka on the, on the TV going on and, and some playoff holes. And there was a couple of moments where it was like, oh, well, I guess, you know, Zal Torres might have lost it, but, Talk about it. Let's let's just talk yeah. about it. Zalatoris, so, just tell me about that last hole. Yeah, well, so I think the their first playoff hole was was kind of cut and dry. I think you know Will yes. put it into the the first cut of the rough, um, put it on and you know two putt, and then Straka actually had a close call on that on that first playoff hole, um, to where you know I I thought it might go out of bounds based on the camera view, but it, it didn't end up going out of bounds. But, um, you know, again, put it on two putt, nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, second playoff hole, Will hits a, a drive that hits the cart path. It goes yeah. into the spectators. It goes over the spectators, um, ends up in like, you know, this uh, pine straw looking place, you know. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, well, you know, it's it's over for Will because Straka is just going to put it out there and then, you know, two putt or get it on the green two putt and it's over. Well, he hits it into the hazard. Uh, it's the ball's dry, but it's on the hazard line. He has to take a drop. So, you know, then they're pretty much back to even when they get on the green, they both hit the putts or whatever. Um, and then that last one, the par three, 11th hole, uh, will tease off and he just looks defeated right after he hits uh -huh. it kind of begging for it with his body language. Uh, it hits the rock line of the green, uh, bounces seven times. I, you know, I made sure <laughs> I watched the, watch the replay in slow-mo. It, it bounced seven times and nestles between the rock and the, the rough of the little Island green. Um, so again, I'm thinking, oh, he's screwed, right? Like, you know, Strzok is going to put one in the middle. Um, yep. it looks like it's a tucked pin. So, you know, put one in the middle Two putt call today. Uh, Straka hits almost the exact same spot on the rocks. His bounces twice on the rocks and then goes in the water. Um, so he, you know, re re tees. Uh, I guess he was from the drop zone, but puts it in the bunker on the backside. Um, 
chips out and leaves himself, you know, an eight footer or whatever. Um, but then, you know, you know, you're thinking Zal Torres has it easy. Uh, well, he decides he takes an unplayable. So he yeah. goes back to the drop zone, uh, stuffs it close and then, you know, knocks it in. And then, you know, you just hear the crowd, Willie, Willie, Willie. Yeah. You know, so props to him for finally, you know, getting over that hump. He was 0-2 in playoffs. Um, but now he's he's got that one and two, and that one was a pretty big one, considering, you know, it wasn't a given that he was gonna make the weekend even. Yeah, and then it I mean it accelerates him to number one in the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, or in just in the rankings for FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. He is now which is number huge. one, which is ridiculous, but it, it is awesome. And he's now just slightly over Scotty, but he still, you know, has that has that lead over Scotty and clearly being number one in the FedEx Cup going into the the tour championship is a huge deal with the advantage that you have there. And yeah. I think FedEx Cup and all all of that aside, like Will finally getting a PGA tour win, finally winning in these situations where he's been so close is just I'm expecting Zal Torres to just go on a rampage now. Right. He finally got over that hump and it's hilarious. Like shout out to Ryan Goebel, his former caddy at this point. Like, I I don't think that he's a bad guy and he got will, you know, from corn Ferry to PGA tour. Like he was with him throughout all that, but will makes the change. And just a week or so later, will wins his first tournament and, and it's a big tournament. So it, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect, but it almost feels like he's been so close so many times. I, I'm, I'm expecting him to go on a tear and uh, and he's going to be a problem for the majors and for the PGA Tour moving forward. It's it's just awesome to see him win. He's such, he's such a good guy and he's just that star. That, he's that next star in the PGA Tour and in the golf world that we need. And uh, finally, finally able to, to hammer it down. The other thing too, people have been so down on his putting stroke, and he hit some very, very clutch putts. Yeah, today. dude, he's not a bad putter. Like he really no. isn't. He just has a funky stroke. I mean, and he's fixed it because I, I from what I saw, I, I mean, clearly, I, I didn't watch every single time that he putted, but there was a very, you know, he's had a very funky stroke in the past, but it seems that it's gotten straighter and more kind of it flows a lot better. Through, through the stroke now i'm not a i'm not a swing coach or far from far from a swing coach uh, so i don't i don't know like the all the mechanics of it but it seems a lot better he seems a lot more comfortable and uh the the whole narrative that he can't putt and that his stroke is bad and all that like it, it's almost defeated at this point he gets the pga yeah. tour victory number one and in a really good fashion by by putting pretty well so yeah. And, wow. you know, like, I don't, I don't know that I ever really believed that he couldn't putt, um, you know, from all the social media things, like we saw it time and time again, like he put himself in the position to win. He just couldn't get over the hump. Like, and I almost wondered, you know, getting all these second places, top fives, whatever it is, you know, is he going to turn into like Mr. Second place? Like Tony was for a long right. time. And like, I, I hate to see that. Like, you know, he obviously works his tail off, you know, to get where he's at and to come up short, like repeatedly, just it has to be so tough to be able to like suit up the next week and be like, okay, well, yeah. based on previous events, the best I can do is second. Like, 
Now, obviously he probably doesn't have that mindset, but you know, could he go on a tear? Like you said, kind of like what Tony's doing right now. Like Tony got that one and then it's like, all right, ball game. Like, like right. let's go. So, exactly. you know, and Tony rattled off two in a row. So right. if, if Will does this, Will rattles off two in a row. I mean, that's absolutely going into first place in the, the playoffs. And, you know, they start at 10 under if you're, you're the one. So, you know, this, this could get scary for a lot of guys as far as Will's outdoors goes. For sure. Because early on in the season too, like Scotty was on his rampage and, you know, won the Masters and, and just he looked like the greatest golfer out there. But now he's in a position where he may not – he didn't even make the cut in this right. one. And, like, I think Scotty will be fine. He's still a good golfer. But oh, yeah. everyone just almost assumed that he was going to get the title or is going to be down to him and Cam Smith. And now here we are where we're talking about Zalatoris, number one in the FedEx Cup rankings. And, yeah, uh, yeah I think the comp- the confidence that he is going to have going into into next week and into the uh, Tour Championship is it's going to be through the roof. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting, the caddy change. Like, is that what led to it? Is, is there, was there something going on in between them as far as, you know, it just wasn't working out? Like, is that what put him through? Or was it finally just his time and, and he himself, the player, figured it out and willed his way to win? I, I don't know. It, it's yeah, tell, I mean, but if they've again, been together for so long, like, I, I feel like you would have heard a little bit more tension you know, maybe brewing between them unless they were really good yeah. at keeping it, you know, under wraps or whatever. But, you know, sometimes just a change of scenery is like, is what you need. Like, you know, I, I had a, a wedge for a long time that I really loved. Um, and then it was like, okay, I I'm just, I'm not hitting it great. So what can I do? And, you know, I decided to go with another one and it, doing all right with it. And, you know, I still need to work on it, but even if it's just like the, like the placebo effect, right? Like, Yes. It's something new. Is it different? Probably not. But, you know, in my head, I'm like, all right, it's new, like it's going to work. And so, you know, that kind of situation, you know, that would be small scale compared to, you know, somebody that you work with every day. But, you know, maybe that's just what he needed was that change of scenery. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes that's, that's all, all you need and caddies are extremely important. I don't, I'll kind of go back on what I said. It was more of just maybe he, I think that there's certain levels of coaches and certain level of, you know, in this case, caddy where, you know, Ryan Goble got them to a good spot. They had a good relationship. They clearly had a lot of success, although they never got a win on the, on the PGA tour or in a major I mean, Will went from, you know, unless you're really ingrained into the golf community, he went from a nobody to a somebody really quick kicking off with the, you know, 2020 masters. And next thing you know, I mean, he's the, one of the golf's biggest stars because of that and with all, uh, all of his success. So he did really good together, but sometimes you just need that next step or you need that slight change. And Zal Torres even came out over the past week and was like, I love him like a brother. We're, we're good. This isn't, you know, we're, we're still friends, all of that. Now, whether or not that's true, like we'll never know, but that's not right for us to find out, but it it doesn't seem that there was tension. It just seems like maybe there was just something that the the style of their relationship or whatever it was just wasn't working to hit those putts or to, you know, accelerate it to another level that you need to win uh, big events like the FedEx cup um playoffs and and yeah. like major championships so yeah 
crazy weekend, crazy, uh, good golf. It was, it felt good to, you know, this is the first event since the, the open championship where you're getting all the guys back together on, on the PGA tour. And, you know, it's, it's been kind of dry, um, until then just from a, from an, you know, it just didn't have the same feel when, when you don't have all the top guys. Now, clearly Tony went on his tear in between that, uh, which yeah. was good to see, but from the casual golfer, um, and golf watcher, it, it's nice to get all these guys together. The, the two biggest stories before the weekend was Scotty and Rory not making the cut. That's, I, that's tough. It was tough to watch again. Scotty mm-hmm. still is only 125 points away from Zalatoris, even though he didn't even get points this weekend. So yeah. he'll be okay. Uh, he just needs to clearly turn it around and hope that Zalatoris doesn't even just pile it up on him more, but he has an opportunity this upcoming weekend to uh, add some points to, to his favor. And then Rory, I think Rory's going through something after the open championship a little bit. Uh, yeah. He, taking that time off. I mean, yeah. that can, you know, you, you think it's only a couple of weeks, but, and you know, when you're used to playing every week, like that rust, it's just different on that level. And I, I don't want to say Roy's rusty by any means, but you know, whatever it is, like it, it could be, you know, a week long thing. It could be a month long thing. And, you know, being Rory fans, we're hoping that it doesn't go, you know, much past, you know, Monday or Tuesday this week, but still it's like, he probably needs to figure out something and figure out quick. Right. Yeah. Well, and the thing too, was not only it did he not play in any tournament since the open championship, but he legitimately came out and said, I didn't play golf for two weeks, two or three weeks after that's like, that's, not you know take away the i mean you're gonna get natural i think a little rust i mean they're we're talking about the best of the best right now but you'll get a little rust by not playing in professional tournaments and then going back to your professional tournament but to not play the game at all is where it starts to build up a little bit now he's fine he's in the top 70 he's he's even in good position still to be in the top 30 clearly for the tour championship but it like you said, it just adds up by not playing and the, this is the best of the best. So hoping that he can turn it around as a, like you said, as Rory fans, we're hoping that he's able to to turn it around for this weekend and then be, you know, competitive going into the tour championship. Cause if you're not those top couple spots, it's good it's luck. Tough. It's really, but, you tough. know, I'll, as far as Rory goes, I mean, he bared a lot of weight uh-huh. all season this season. So, you know, I, I don't want it to be the point where it's like, you know, he's, he's done all of this for, for the one side of golf, you know, essentially um, where like, it's all just came to a head and it's like, Hey, here's this weight that you've been carrying this whole time. It's decided to drop now. Like, I, I don't want that to happen by any means, but I almost wonder if like, that's why, like, yeah, certainly what the responsibility that he's played for the PGA tour and the positions that he's been in, in the major championships and especially the open championship where everybody heading into Sunday, just assumed that he was going to will his way from the top and keep himself in the position to win that tournament. Finally get another, you know, finally get another major championship win 
and put on for for the golf world and specifically for the PGA Tour world because you know there's there's a, <laughs> there's a lot going on between PGA and Live and uh, the golf community right now, and he's been the the forefront of the PGA Tour side. So there's yeah, like you said, there's just a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, and I just hope that. Listen, I love the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, I, I think that winning it clearly is a good financial payout uh, for a lot of for a lot of these guys, and it puts you in good contention, you know, for for greatness conversations and all of that. But at the end of the day, major championships is what takes the cake. And yeah. as long as he can get through this and be okay, and then you know head into next season and head into the Masters without all of that weight and be able to shake off that rust beforehand, and he'll be in good position. I just hope it doesn't bleed beyond this and into that because he ha- he carries a lot of weight going into Augusta every single year because that's what's holding him back from yeah. the the career grand slam and he was second place last year and he's been close before so he already carries mm-hmm. some weight there and a lot of uh, I'm sure stress and anxiety associated with that so let's just hope that this this responsibility doesn't bleed into it and it's unfortunate that that isn't even has to be something but I guess it's just the the responsibility you have as being, you know, the face of a face of a league or face of a franchise in some ways. And they're just they're built different and they're compensated different for that as well. Right. So so we'll uh hope that Scotty and Rory get back into it uh, on the upcoming weekend. Um the other big storyline is that Cam Smith what it's an interesting story. So Basically, he was coming into Sunday with I think he only had a two shot, three shot, two um, shots off the lead, two shots off the lead. Okay, so he only had two shots off the lead, and then all of a sudden, the tour officials approached him and said, "Hey, actually, we found this out from yesterday. We're adding a two shot uh, stroke or two stroke penalty to your score because you broke this rule." Now. I don't know the official rule number and all that, but essentially what happened is he had hit into a hazard. He placed the ball or, you know, did did the the process of placing the ball and his ball was still on the red line, which is still considered part of the hazard. So because of that, he played it. No one said anything in the moment because of that, that, that invokes a two stroke penalty. Well, the, so the thing about it and what's being debated right now is why is this coming right before he's about to start? Why did this not happen yesterday? Cause this happened about midday yesterday. So Caleb, yeah, I think I'm it was like his fourth your, hole. Yeah. It was like, it was 24 hours, roughly yeah. like 24 hours before the ruling actually came in and he got approached in the clubhouse at St. Jude at the St. Jude invitational. So, Caleb, what are your what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks to be honest with you. Um, I think the timing of it doesn't help. Um, you know, with all the rumors and everything, but like getting past that, like the, I've seen a lot of you know takes on Twitter or whatever where I would absolutely agree. Like, I think there needs to be a little bit more accountability as far as like the tour goes, um, because you know they have officials everywhere. So the fact that they 
you know, waited this long to give it to him, you know, it, it sucks. I mean, he, they asked him about it and he said, Oh, like that makes sense. Like he didn't deny that he didn't do anything wrong. Like he understood like, Hey, I, I played the ball from the wrong spot or whatever it was, you know, it, he, he was willing to take that two stroke penalty, but at the same time, it's like, why should he, if nobody called it out then, you know, there was a big thing a few years ago where, you know, the tour gets X amount of calls a day trying to just invoke penalties. And so they like, you know, they shut that down to where it's like, you know, Jim from Wisconsin is calling in because he doesn't like Tiger Woods. And he said, Oh, like, you know, Tiger did this, so he needs to be penalized. And then, you know, somebody scrolls through the book of rules and there it's like, okay, well, actually, you know, they did something like, you know, in this instance, he is in the wrong. So we're going to go ahead and penalize him for it. Like that wasn't good for the game. So it, it's giving off that vibe to me where it's like somebody got petty along the way, maybe. Um, And maybe that's not what it is. Maybe they just, for whatever reason, didn't catch it until then. But I don't, I don't think you could tell me that nobody caught it. Even it, like, even if it wasn't that hole, you know, maybe a couple holes down the road where it's like, all right, you're on the eighth hole now. Like, by the way, you know, this happened. Or I mean, I get, I get maybe waiting until after the tournament, like, or after like the round, because you don't want to spook a guy in the middle of the, you know, in his round. But again, that's right after the round. That's the same day. It's not something that's going to cause further, you know, questions when it comes the next day. I mean, that's, well, it's just that's the, a tough scene. Right. Because especially with where he was at with strokes, I mean, he goes from two, two shots out to four shots out, which means, you know, at the, as he ends the round and goes into Sunday, he's thinking that he's only two shots out. That's a different mentality. Number one, number two, he's paired in that grouping so he's you know paired a part of that that has some some weight to it in, in some ways and uh it's it's just completely it's like i don't think that there was malicious intent by the pga tour towards cams for that but i also am like why are we why are we dealing with this now because right truthfully i know that it's a rule and i know that like cam smith was really professional about it uh, and how everything was handled. But like, truthfully, when we look at that, what was the big advantage by him being one inch below? You know what I mean? Like, it's not, he already had a penalty from being the hazard. Like, did that really, did that really give him any sort of advantage that it wouldn't uh, otherwise? And I don't know. It's, I think the, the timing of it is just very, very interesting. Yeah. And I, I just don't like, I mean, it's like we're watching an NFL game and we think we see a pass interference. Now we're not talking about the saints and the NFC championship a couple of years ago. That's right. A story. Goodness but gracious. That was blatant, but uh, you know, you're watching the game and there's going to be missed penalties, but the game doesn't get altered after the fact because there was a missed penalty, you know, like right. there's the refs own that they missed something, but they didn't catch it in that moment. So they're going to move forward. There's plenty of cameras that were on that round on Cam Smith. There's plenty of officials that are out there at a PGA, you know, FedEx Cup playoffs. Like if yeah. they would have then, then sure, tell them after the round. But if you're if you're watching the tape at night and you just so happen to see that Cam Smith 
is on a red line, like, come on. Now, we kind of stepped over it. The reason that there's a lot of question marks around this is, you know, Cam Smith is rumored to go to live golf. And he is not owning it right now. And that's most likely because he wants to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And if he comes out outright and says that he's going to live golf, then he, they're not going to let him play. And he has no opportunity uh, to, right. to win the FedEx playoffs. And uh, so, but he hasn't denied it either. So there's, there's a lot of uh, towards him going to live golf. And because of that, that's why there's so many question marks around this of like, so did you guys watch every single step that he made to make sure that he wasn't in contention for this? Right. And I don't think there's malicious intent, but it is a little, there is a lot of question marks around this. And that's why there's so much even more outrage than there would be normally, specifically for Twitter accounts that were built in 2022. Right. And I think the, the one thing that like, you know, you can look back and kind of say, okay, well, they at least made right by him a little bit is because in certain situations, like you, a guy, you know, incurs a penalty, um, doesn't write it down or whatever. They don't, for whatever reason, it slips past their mind, whatever it is, you know, they get into the clubhouse, they sign for a 68 when really it should be a 70. As soon as you sign for a wrong card or a wrong number, you're disqualified. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like you signed for the wrong score, you know, whether you knew it or not, like you're, you know, you're penalized. You, you didn't put it on there. Like you signed for it, you know, you're done. So I think that was a good thing as far as like him not getting disqualified for that, because technically like he, he did sign for the wrong score, but he didn't like, he didn't know at the time. So like there, you know, there's been other instances where that's happened. Guys get disqualified because they run, you know, they signed for the wrong card. And, you know, I'm glad that he didn't do that. Or I'm glad that that didn't happen to him because that again would have been, you know, unfair. I think to me, like with all the officials out there, you, you can't tell me that nobody can come up. Even if he's walking off the 18th green, like, Hey, by the way, like, there's yeah. a there's a penalty. You know, you could give him the whole ROM treatment when he walked off 18 at at the memorial and told was told that he can't play because of right because of COVID. So, right. you know, they're out there. They've seen him, you know. I, I just it sucks for the timing. Um, it doesn't help anybody's cause, I don't think. Um, but I, I am glad that he was able to play today. Now he shot sure. even, you know, would he have shot even? You know, had he not taken the penalty or, you know, if he would have right. taken the penalty, would it have changed things? I don't know. But, you know, I'm I'm glad that he was at least able to play. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, you're right. They did do right by that. And glad that he was still able to play because he's in contention regardless of rumors. Like, let's own it or, you know, let's see it as it is right now. Yeah, He's one of the best golfers in the world. And he has done a lot of good things this year to put himself in position. And uh, if he would have not been included in, in this round, or uh, we might have not seen Cam Smith play another round for the PGA Tour uh, had right. that happened. But I think we still got him around for at least a couple more uh, tournaments with the FedEx Cup playoffs. So, yeah, I, I, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a conspiracy or, you know, uh, yeah. they were kind of including against him, but you never know. It, it, it is suspicious. I think the thing that the PJ tour has to really watch out for by making that ruling is be prepared for people to roll the tapes back on Zalatoris or Straka or, scotty or whoever and they're going to be watching really really close to see do you penalize other people in this same fashion yeah because if you're only treating this one person that is rumored to go elsewhere and you're not treating everybody else that that goes against the integrity of the game right and that's bigger than the pga tour that's bigger than uh (laughs) that's that's bigger than any any league because we're talking about the game of golf that everybody has the opportunity to play and there's yeah. rules associated with that so yeah. um be prepared for that but i i hope that it was not in kind of a malicious intent there so yeah the other thing while we're on the topic of of cam smith since again it's still rumors we don't know what's going to happen and if he joins you know we'll i'm sure we'll talk about it a little more but there was something interesting that happened on thursday that I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, so if you don't, if, if you're not sure what we're talking about, he was paired up with Scotty uh, Scheffler because, you know, they're two of the best. And he, Scotty, seemed to walk through Cam's putting line or at least his viewing line. How, how did you see that whole situation? Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I'm not going to th- throw any darts on it because I'm sure I've done that in the past um, out of frustration. Um, you know, you saw it in the outing. If, if people, you know, watch the, our little highlight video, I, I did give a little club toss. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one to throw stones as far as getting mad and kind of, I don't want to call it acting out. Cause I don't think, you know, it was that bad. Um, you know, the optics aren't great being again, the timing, um, but you know, Scotty had a rough day. Um, we saw him, I don't know if it was before that or after that, where he like slammed his putter into his hand a couple times, or he hit, you know, hit his putter, um, at least twice on the video that you sent me. So it's like, yeah, you could tell that he was visibly frustrated. So I don't know if we can pinpoint like, Hey, I'm mad. I'm going to take it out on cam. I think it was just one of those where, you know, it's probably the shortest distance to his, to his bag. And he probably thought about slamming his putter into his bag along the way. And that was all that he was thinking about, but, you know, had to reserve himself from one thing or another. And it just so happened that, you know, he walked and I mean, who's to say that cam wasn't, you know, 12 feet behind the ball. I mean, so he couldn't or not necessarily couldn't, but didn't want to walk around that extra six feet because he wasn't even that close to his ball in the first place. I mean, I don't know that we got that broad of a picture. So but yeah, I'm not, it was unfortunate, I guess, based yeah. on just the looks. But again, like I, I'm not going to cast that stone. Cause I've definitely acted out a couple times on the course. Yeah. I have not, I, I have nothing against Scotty in this situation. I don't be and the reason being is I don't think that it was intentional and I don't think that he truthfully has any problem with cam Smith. Like I right. think that if the rumors are true, which it looks like the rumors are true, but if that's the case, like guys are going to feel a certain way towards, you know, towards these guys that are leaving, but just because they feel that way, I don't think that they're going to treat them any differently to that level. Right. Like they may not, 
talk with them in, in the locker room or they may not, you, you know, go out to dinner with them, but they're not going to walking across someone's line intentionally cross. Like, some people don't care about it, but to me, like that's extremely disrespectful if it's intentional right. and if you're trying to throw off your opponent. So I, I don't think that it was intentional. Number one, I don't think that anybody, I, I take that back. There'd probably be somebody that would do it, but somebody like Scotty or, or, you know, some of the top guys that are genuinely good people and care about the game of golf and have been raised on the game of golf and how it's supposed to be played. And, you know, you don't get to the PGA tour without understanding some of that stuff. So yeah. I don't think that those type of people want to do something like that. So that's why I don't think it's intentional. Number two, I think Cam Smith, first off, he's one of the greatest putters out there right now. So he takes a lot of looks at the, at the ball and the line and, and everything going on. And he has a tendency to look further back. I don't think Scotty actually crossed his putting line because technically your putting line is, you know, just your ball marker to the, to the hole. It's right. not the 12 feet behind it as well. Like, yeah, sure. He probably wouldn't have crossed him if he wasn't pissed off about whatever just happened. But again, even if he did, like he didn't technically step on his line. Now, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, wow. Scotty's taking shots at Cam Smith and Liv. Yeah. But as I watched it more, I was like, okay. I'd, Scott, yeah. I just got yeah, I don't. I don't think this is this is a genuine uh, things towards Cam. So, last uh, couple of notes on the FedEx Cup. Just uh, you know, again, it gets knocked down to the top seventy. I just want to say I loved watching the FedEx Cup of uh, St. Jude because I've paid attention to it before, but it's it's a different level when you know you're hosting a podcast and your life's all about golf at this point. And so, and it's different seeing those numbers, you know, next to everybody's names, like, yes. okay, shoot. Like these guys are three, you know, three numbers outside of the line. Like they're yeah. going to have to do something or, you know, Hey, this guy's comfy, but he makes a triple bogey. It's like, Oh boy. Like Ricky, it's, like yeah. how did, you know, Ricky was sailing, you know, right. he, he got in on the number. He was number one twenty five. He got in, you know, he was, cruising all week and then he makes a a nine uh a, a quadruple bogey on on one of the holes and all of a sudden like he's probably not in the top 70 anymore so yeah you know i haven't looked to see where he's at but i he's can't imagine top 70 for sure yeah so yeah you know, it looked like he was probably going to be there but then you know after that it's like all right well he's done so it's, it's a, like those storylines i find are are a lot more interesting just because like you can see exactly where they're at. Like we see it during the season, you know, the little green number that tells, you know, they're number 86, they're number, you know, 140, right. like, but those don't mean much until, you know, you get to this point and it's like, shoot, like these guys are actually playing for, for something here. Well, the thing too, is that the, the points are quadrupled. So this yeah. just means a whole nother level. So like, for example, Lucas Glover moved up 87 points with his performance this week. He was at 121. He barely was able to play. Yeah. Had the live guys still been involved with FedEx Cup playoffs, the PJ Tour probably would have taken care of him. But, like, he was 121. If those guys were in it, he was most likely not, most right. not going to be a part of this. And now he's in contention for the Tour Championship because he's at 34. So he just needs another good weekend 
to, you know, get into that top 30 for the tour championship. So, and I think I saw Will like climb 33 spots. Uh, Will was 12 before, so he he just climbed, but still, like to go from maybe it was Straka one, Straka. Yeah, Straka ended Maybe up he was 27 because yeah. he was 35 and he had an opportunity. There's, I mean, if he would have won, uh, he would have been, been what I saw. Because, yeah, if he would have won, he would have been top four ish, roughly top five ish. And he was yeah. at 35. So, like, yeah, he would have yeah. jumped 30, 30 spots there. But the broadcast did a great job. This was the first time, other than the majors, where I was like, happy with the broadcast because they were just keeping you updated with projections. Yeah. If you hit a triple bogey here, or if you have a birdie here, like wildly That's different huge. where you end up and it's yeah, highly suggest that people go uh, watch it this upcoming weekend. Uh, Cause it's just, it's, it's electric. It, it makes golf yeah. uh, even more fun and the broadcast even more fun. Uh, Cause like you said, throughout the year, it's just another number, but, um, but yeah, so shout out to all of those. We're looking forward to the upcoming weekend with that. Of course, we'll recap it on uh, next Monday's episode as well. So, all right, everybody, we interrupt this episode to bring you our sponsor, Travis Matthew. Um, As you have seen on our YouTube channel, they sent us some gear that we've been repping on the podcast and repping on the course. Um, With Travis Matthew, you are actually able to get 20% off your first order by visiting the link in the description below. Um, So make sure that you check them out. Tons of great gear that you can get some of the most comfortable gear that you can wear on the course. Caleb loves the moneymaker Quater shoes. I love the polos. I love the hats. So um, make sure that you go check all of that out. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode. We haven't done this in a little bit, but we have some below average and above average golf moments of the week. Caleb's shaking his head. Caleb, I will let you kick it off here. Yeah. Um, I, I need to figure out what's going on. Um, my below average golf moment of the week is hitting hosel rockets that were not rockets. Um, (laughs) so I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Um, I tried a couple things. I was able to play yesterday. Um, you know, with a couple guys from work, which that's probably my above average was just, you know, I played a new course that I haven't played in a really long time. Uh, I played Whispering Hills um, right off of Brookville Road in New Pal. Um, don't think I've played there since high school. Um, and I was telling one of the guys that I, that I work with that I played with, he was, I played there in high school and um, the kid that I was playing with, he was really cool. Like we were going back and forth pretty much the whole round. Um, as far as scores go, like, you know, I'd get him by one, he'd get me by one or whatever. And on our last hole, we both were in uh, greenside bunkers. And oh, wow. um, I chipped in, I think, for birdie from the sand. And so it was kind of like, a, hey, like, I'm going to get him, you know. And it was good competition, but I'm, I'm going to beat him. And what do you know, like, he chips in too. So, you know, <laughs> it was it was one of those where it was just a good round. But I haven't you played had your... it since then. That was like Rory and Morikawa at the Masters right. where they both chipped in from the sand. And that, that yeah. was like one of the best moments of all time. But right. Anyways. But yeah, and that just was not going on um, this weekend. Uh, I, I I felt it too. Like I felt it almost as if it was coming off the club, like the shaft itself. Like I wasn't even hitting the face. Wow. Like it was that bad. Um, I had I had some good shots, like don't get me wrong, but my misses were, you know, the hosel rockets that, you know, I 
I hit a really nice drive on a par five, um, had a nine iron in and for whatever reason that happened and it only went like 50 yards on a full swing went 50 yards and sliced, you know, probably 30 yards to the right. Like it was terrible. Um, yeah. So like that was, it was either that or I just pulled everything like a dead left pull. Um, so yeah, my below average was pretty much my entire round. Um, the other day now above average was being able to have fun with the guys. Uh, I had never played with, you know, two of them before. So it was fun to get them out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, that yours is a little, a little better than mine as far as both below and, you know, above. Cause it was a rough weekend, man. Like I, I texted you and I said, like, my swing is broken. Like I really yeah. felt like it was broken. <laughs> yeah. I was, when you told me it, I was very like, I'm concerned right now. I'm like, he's, he, this isn't Caleb. This is not the Caleb yeah. that I know. Like this is, we call ourselves below average golfers, but a lot of the time Caleb's an above average golfer and it's, it is like, it's just kind of a little depressing. Cause I'm like, I know what you're going through with it. And it, I can feel yeah. that a little bit. Cause I'm just like, man, that's not Caleb. That is not Caleb. He, yeah. the real Caleb is somewhere. He's, he's those bombs off the tee and getting on the green regulation and you just didn't have that round, but I think it's, you know, that's part of it, right? That's why we, Oh yeah. When we're, part when of we're the calculating. Journey. Yeah. When we're calculating handicaps, you take your best eight of 20. Like there's right. a lot, there's a lot of rounds that aren't calculated in that. And that's because, you know, when you think of that, like we're not even taking 50% of our best rounds. Yeah. Like we're, we're literally taking a smaller percentage of that. So you're, you're going to have those rounds from time to time. And at the end of the day, you probably had a better round than, than most people do, but that's yeah, okay. I think I still, so the par out there was only 34, um, which was interesting. Really? So, um, I ended up shooting, I think an 89, which I guess I could say that that's probably my above average is like, I, I felt like I was just losing everything, but I like, for me, I still broke 90, which, um, you know, I've said on here before, like my expectations for myself are probably a little bit higher than what they need to be. Um, I need to be more like Lou where I manage those expectations for sure. But like I consider 90, like a very bad day for me. Um, and the fact that I was still able to, to break that, I guess, like it it was comforting in the fact that like, okay, I played like absolute crap today, but I, you know, I still did the one thing that I like tell myself don't do. So it was, it was a very up and down humbling experience where it's like, I need to figure this out and I need to figure it out quick. Right. Well, you'll get it. I, I, I we're going to start shooting on the course content and we're uh, planning on going out this Thursday to, to do that. And we're, we're going to get figured out. We, we've got some content to shoot and I think we're both going to put on for the camera. So um, for sure, you'll be good. You'll be good. That's all you got to tell yourself. You'll be good. Yeah. So, Okay, I have multiple, and I'm just going to kind of throw them all out there because it was a very interesting week for for golf for me. So, number one, so I'm starting to do these range sessions. I'm starting to to practice my game a lot more, and it's it's going pretty well. I mean, it's not too overwhelming. It's not too. We'll talk. You'll hear in the conversation on Thursday. It sounds like there's some things I'll I'll probably need to change about it just because of some of the tips and tricks that we got from Scott, but listen to that podcast to to hear more on that. But either way it's working and I I'm feeling improvement from that. 
But as a part of that, I went to the range uh, on Tuesday and I think I texted you afterwards and I'm like, wish me luck. I'm playing in a scramble this weekend and I cannot figure out my swing. Like I was, I was, it was terrible. Like I'm on the range and I'm trying to figure out my driver. Like drivers been giving me tons of issues. I'm trying different things that I've looked up. I'm trying like focusing on either slowing it down or focusing on different parts of my swing. Cause I, I do have a ridiculous slice right now that I'm trying to figure out. And on Tuesday, I mean, dude, I'm popping the ball up 50 yards up off the, <laughs> off the tee, like yeah. 50 yards up. And I'm like, almost, <laughs> I felt so bad. There was somebody pretty close to me. And there was one where I was like, I might've killed him if he was in the wrong spot because <laughs> I just could not like, I couldn't even, I wasn't even slicing it. Like I just could not hit the, hit the ball and the yeah. frustration built up. It carried over. Like I was blading every wedge that I tried to hit. I, yeah. I wasn't hitting my irons the right way. And it was just a terrible session. And I, I was feeling pretty down because it's like most of the time when I go on the range, I have my swing figured out. I, it, it's more repeatable. It becomes muscle memory quicker because you're doing a lot more. You're hitting a hundred balls in a in a very short time period versus right. on the course you know if you shoot if you're breaking 100 you're hitting hypothetically you're probably only hitting 70 balls because yeah. a lot of those come on the green you know 20 or so putts so you know it, it's just a different thing so you're able to dial in your swing a little bit and i just could not and it was yeah. the first time using my garmin and like the stats on it were just terrible and i was just feeling <laughs> super down on myself and uh, so I did not play golf the, the rest of the week and I went out to the outing. It didn't have a range um, for the outing. Oof. And uh, so I, I didn't really have any opportunity to warm up, but somehow, some way I was hitting the ball better than I've hit all season. <laughs> and it's like, of course, funny how you know, it works, right? It's funny how it works, but it's like, I, uh, I, I just, I, I must've figured something out. I don't know what, what happened, but you know, of course it's a scramble. So you always kind of take things with a grain of salt, but at the end of the day, like my problem was contact earlier in the week and for, somehow I was hitting it better. I did make a slight adjustment on my, I have a, um, SIM two driver right now. And I made a slight adjustment on it based on a Rick Shields video that I didn't know that you could do. That's why you go get fit for your clubs, which I'm planning on doing, but, um, I didn't know that you could do it and it helps with slice. And I was making great contact with the ball. Um, I still had a couple of like slices, but it wasn't the ridiculous slice that I'm used to yeah. because the adjustment I made closed the club face more. And I, and a couple of things that I focused on with my swing um, helped close it a little more. And my misses were more on the left side, which was nice. Like I will, I will take my misses on the left because yeah. I hate the misses on the right so bad. So um, that felt good. And then I would say my most above average golf moment from that is I'm reading the four foundations of golf and a strategy that I've learned in there, which we'll talk about when we interview John Sherman, which we have on the books. So look forward to that. But one of the things that I learned was um, aiming, not pin hunting, but more of aiming for the center of the green and mm -hmm. playing more towards the back of the green, which I've never done. I've always been like, well, it's going to roll out or I'm just going to you know, right. seek the pin. And I started, um, I, I hit again, even though it was a scramble, 
I was hitting more greens and regulations with that strategy. And I had a five iron from, I, I don't know what the distance was, but gave us like a four foot putt for Eagle. Nice. And that was all because of the strategy. I wasn't pin hunting and just naturally I was finding the green a lot better and putting ourselves in, in good position. So that's what stands out there. Um, and then I have to throw out these two little things on above and below average, uh, below average moment, had a tea time this morning with my wife. We get out there, we're sitting in the parking lot and it is just torrential downpour and the, the round yep. does not happen. So have nothing to, to share from that. So, uh, below average moment is the weather, mother nature, um, <laughs> mother nature, <laughs> but above average moment, my wife is working on her game. And something clicked, you know, I'm starting to pick up better on swing mechanics and kind of what, what all goes into a golf, a golf shot better than I've ever, or golf swing, I should say better than I ever had before. And I noticed something with my wife's swing and we're, you know, we're hitting balls in our backyard now. And all of a sudden she just starts making better contact with like one little tip. She's able to get the ball up in the air. Like that's huge progress kind of from where we're at. So that's my above average golf moment there is, is becoming coach Owen a little bit and who right. knows, maybe and I'll be a PGA instructional pro one day. But. That Those are always fun. Cause like, you know, I play with Gare Bear a lot, like, and I'll see things, you know, that I think, okay, maybe this will tie in, you know, maybe it won't, you know, let's try this. Let's not do that kind of thing. And there's been a couple times where it's like, Hey, you know, I know one instance is he was struggling with his driver one day. Um, and you know, we get to a little bit midway through the round and I'm like, Hey, like I just saw something this week. Like, I wonder if this will work. So I'm like, all right, set up like you would, let's make this little adjustment. Um, and so I told him and he just barreled one down the fairway and I was like, yep, that's that. Yep. That (laughs) seems about right. Like, you know, maybe we should keep trying that kind of thing. So it's like those moments where you feel like you can help somebody. It's always like, nice. Like, let's go. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You no, you do a great job with that. Cause you've helped me with some things and like, that's why I love playing with you. Like I don't expect you to do it and it's never a part of uh, like, I'm not like kill. Well, actually I take that back. There's sometimes where I'm like, kill, what am I doing? But yeah. um, sometimes you'll just have like, Oh, I noticed that like try this. And I, we had a little moment with the chipping uh, during our, um, during our round with the, the scramble a couple weeks ago. So yeah, now, that's I will great. say one one little nugget apart from, you know, helping Owen, uh, I nothing something that I would not suggest, which I am very guilty of it. Um, you know, Owen has said that he he didn't drive the ball that great in the outing um, and he went to the driver, brought out the 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 tool and adjusted in the middle of the round. Um, I would advise against that. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a professional by any means. Um, but you know, I, I felt for him when he did it, as soon as he pulled it out, I was, uh, I was talking, I forget, maybe to dad and I was like, oh yeah, like I've been there. And, um, I was like, ah, it does, it should help in theory, but it definitely, I don't think does. Um, and so it's like, I, I remember I've been there. Like I, I'm, and I'm tempted to do it all the time. Like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to close my face or, you know, I'm really hooking the ball. I need to open it up a little bit. And I'm just like, okay, hold on. Maybe I need to try something else before I just go straight to the club. And that day, like it was one of those where it was like, man, this is, 
This is hilarious <laughs> to me because I've been there and I know right. how he feels. It's yeah. not hilarious because he's, you know, not driving the ball like he wants to. But, uh, yeah, it was like it was one of those where I just kind of like put my head down and I was hoping that you didn't notice, which I don't think you did. No, I but didn't. Was... But I I have that feeling through my head because like I've seen it done before and like you magically yeah. think like, oh, I'm making this adjustment. especially oh, it's perfect. Around. It's perfect. <laughs> but uh, it's like, oh, this is going to solve my slice. It's like, no, yeah. actually, it's probably making it worse. But probably the the actual like the adjustment i made was was educated this time around was educated and not during around not mid-round where you're just kind of making a snap decision exactly um so yeah that uh that that felt pretty good so um oh my gosh okay i thought of one last thing i'm gonna throw it in here at the end of the episode below average moment so we're on the last hole and it's it's gettable it's like 260 so i was hitting the driver really well and um but i'm i'm carrying it further than 260 at at this point so i bring out three wood and i absolutely get a hold of a three wood and i go that's on i said it out loud i'm a pretty (laughs) quiet person in in certain (laughs) scenarios on the course but i called my shot and i go that's on here's the thing we get up to the green and we can't find my balls (laughs) So I checked the hole. It's not there. Right. Um, and then next thing you know, I'm like, well, I'm never calling my shot again until I absolutely see that it landed somewhere where I think it landed. Um, and it was weird. Cause like some, you know, my playing partners in that saw the shot and they, you know, they thought it was good and where it was tracking was good and it just kind of disappeared. So I either carried it or, might have left it short and it just took a bad bounce somewhere but yeah never call your shot unless you're 100 <laughs> percent confident because that was a little embarrassing to be like well that's good and then next yeah. thing you know you're letting down everybody else because you thought you were on the green and you're not so yeah um, i, I kind of felt that a little bit with the with whispering hills like there it is a very short course like i'm telling you i and i'm not this is not me knocking or you know tooting my own horn by any means like it happened. Like I could have driven probably it's a nine hole course. Mm -hmm. Um, there's one, two, three par threes, one par five. So I probably could have driven four out of the five par fours. Like it's, it is a short course. Um, and on one of them, it was, it was two sixty, and I didn't want to hit driver because if I did catch a good bounce, then it's gone you know, over the, there's a little woods behind, uh, that particular hole. So I was like, I can't do it there. Um, but I pulled out my four wood and the guys were that I was playing with were giving me a hard time. Like, Oh man, I wish I was good enough that it club down <laughs> on a par four. And I'm like, like, you got to understand, like, this is, this is a short hole. Like yeah. if anything, I want to be short of the hole. Cause I don't want to be long, but they right. were, they were definitely giving me the business as far as like, Oh yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll be able to club down on a par four. And I'm like, I I promise you, it's not what you think because I ended up, I hit it, I hit the par four or I hit the my four wood, and I was still like you know twenty yards short of the green. So it's not like I knew that it was going to get there. It was a little uphill, so it's like, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get there. It was just a matter of like I know that driver is too much, and I, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be, you know, big dog or any means. Right. It, it was just, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And yeah, I, 
just don't call your shot. Don't call your shot. <laughs> just yeah. don't call your shot um, in a scramble specifically because it impacts everybody else because everybody else is like, well, I'll just swing for the fences or I'll just do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was just a bad moment on my end, but it felt so good. And the way that oh, yeah. it was tracking, I was like, how is that not on? And it's like, right. Well, there's something that doesn't like There's probably or... a couple factors. Yeah. So, um, well, that's going to wrap up the, the episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will be posting again on Thursday as always. So make sure that you um, listen to that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. All those links will be in the description below. And then, yeah, we'll we'll look forward to getting some on-the-course content soon. And then we will talk about it in next week's episode. But we have a bags trip coming up. So yes, we'll, sir. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about that, shooting content out for that. And uh, look forward to, to sharing that with you all. So thanks, everybody, for the support. And uh, look forward to it. And Caleb, last words for the episode. Yeah, uh, real quick, I did hear from Josh uh, from the outing. They raised $16,000. Um, which is awesome. Um, I think their previous high was maybe just shy of 15 or maybe even lower than that, but, um, they were able to get to 16,000. Um, so that's awesome for everybody that helped out there. Um, you know, really excited for what they can do with that, um, for helping the community. So, uh, can't wait to play in that one again next year. Um, but yeah, even if you're a below average golfer hitting hosel rockets that aren't rockets, uh, just make sure you do have above average fun uh, like I did. So uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday. See you guys.